Hallelujah. Ah, while you remain standing for just a moment, just uh, let's just have a word of prayer. Gracious God, I thank you today for the wonderful opportunity, God, to share with your people in this place. I thank you for the man of God who leads this congregation. I thank you for his helpmeet, better known as Lady Carmen. Thank you for his family. I thank you for the staff. I thank you for everybody who's here. And God, we are very clear. You're the one that we came to hear from. So God, speak. Use this clay, if you will, to contain your treasure, but not to keep it, to share it. We pray your people are blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on and take your seats. Oh, praise God. I'm so thankful to Bishop Green, my friend, for this wonderful invitation to share with you today. And I don't take it lightly. Um, I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for his friendship. But I'm also thank you, thankful for the kind of person he is. You see, most people I know, they operate from a place of fear, insecurity, and jealousy. And I'm talking about people in ministry. I'm sorry. I can be real, right? So when I, when, I, when I look at some of the folks that I know who are in ministry, and I know most of them would not invite somebody from around the corner to come and say a prayer at their church. But, but because of who this brother is, because of his character, because of his integrity, because of his relationship with God, because he knows what God has for him and his people is for him and his people, amen? And so it just makes me come and feel so at home and I'm so thankful today. I mean, the worship was awesome. Come on, let's thank God for the ministry of praise and worship, our musicians. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's, let's go to the word. This morning we are looking at a passage of scripture that we will preach from, from the gospel according to Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. And if you're looking for it on your uh, device, say, I got it. I need a little more time. Amen. All right. Luke chapter 13, verse 31 through 35. Amen. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, go tell that fox I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow and the next day. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day. For surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. 
Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who sent you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So for the time allotted to me, I want to just share um, around the thought, your future self. Come on, say that with me. Your future self. Yeah your future self. There's a woman who's a part of the Wharton School of Business. Her name is Catherine Milkman. And she's very interested in how people buy groceries online. Specifically, she's interested in whether their behavior changes if they're buying online for next day delivery over and against ordering for delivery three days in advance. And here's what she discovered. Folks that are buying for next day delivery, they buy junk. As opposed to folks who are buying for delivery three days in advance, they buy the healthier options. And what she is suggesting out of her study is that in order to have a better future, we have to put our future self in charge. Anybody got a time machine? I didn't think so. As far as I know, they don't exist. But what I'm saying basically is that with a future focus, when I'm focused on the future, I make better decisions than when I'm focused on right now. Mm. Okay. So, people tend to spend more money when they buy online for next day than when they're spending for three days in advance. Okay, it's like this. When I go to the grocery store and I bring in the groceries, put it on the counter, my wife can look at what I bought and say, you were hungry, weren't you? <laughs> because in addition to the main stuff that I went to get, I loaded it up with all of the junk that caught my eye as I was going through the store. I have some barbecue chips, jalapeno chips. Y'all get the picture. <laughs> and then when I get to the counter, there's always some additional stuff, shh, don't tell her, that I grab to eat on the way home. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I take that little wrapper and throw it in the garbage can before I go upstairs. Oops. I'm... <laughs> oh, guys, he's probably watching. <laughs> we, we tend to spend more money 
on stuff that is not good or healthy for us when we're making decisions based on right now. I'm trying to feed a right now need, desire. I'm trying to satisfy what I'm feeling in the moment as opposed to making some clear, well thought out plans and reason plans for the future. Twinkies, potato chips, Snickers, Milky Way or wet. When I, when I get to Skittles, amen, you can lift your hand. <laughs> Glory to God. When, 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 when I'm looking for the immediate gratification, I am into buying what I want because it tastes good and it makes me feel good. So that's what I'm going for. Mm. But when I let the future self get in control, somebody's going to hate this, I'm going to get some whole grains. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to get some fruits, fresh fruits and fresh vegetables. Because I know that if I want to be around for a while, I've got to take care of this temple that God gave me, hallelujah. So I start thinking for the future. So Catherine says in Psychology Today that your future self is much more restrained and much more rational than your current self. When you are dealing with things out of your current self, you, you make bad and poor decisions. If with your future self, you will say, I want to have zero credit card debt. But your present self goes in BJ's and said, man, that 75-inch flat screen is the, I got to have that bad boy. <laughs> your, your, your future self will say, listen, I, I want to learn a new skill. I, I, I want to take a course. I want to learn a new language. I want to do something different. I want to better myself, but your present self says, oh God, I can't, I can't stay up and read 15 minutes. I, I, I'm, I'm too sleepy. I'm too tired. I, I, I can't take a course. My, my brain won't. Do you get what I'm saying? So she suggests to us, Catherine does, that we ought to put our future self in charge. So in psychology today, she says this, the more certain the future is, watch this, the more power it has. You could put that on the screen. The more certain the future is, the more power it has. Once again, the more certain the future is, the more power it has. So to make that future certain, we give it power, but we got to know who holds the future. Yes. You used to hear people say in church, I, I, I may not know what tomorrow holds, but God, I know who holds the future. Anybody know who holds the future? Huh? Who woke you up this morning? Come on now, it wasn't the alarm clock. Glory to God. You can blame it on the alarm clock, but it is God. 
and in him we live and move and have our being. And if you know that God is holding the future, then you can put power in that future because you know God's got your back. Glory to God. Come on. So when you look at this particular text, you, you, you begin to see something that is very consistent about Jesus. He had this amazing ability to make decisions not based on right now. He made decisions based on the future. He understood that to make decisions based on the immediate circumstances was not fruitful nor productive, and so he put the future in charge. So, here it is, some Pharisees come to him and they say, get away from here, Jesus. Herod wants to kill you. Go someplace else. And I'm not sure if the Pharisees meant him any good. I, I doubt that they did, given the interchanges he had with the Pharisees most of the time. You know, it sort of reminds me of, um, uh, of kids on the playground. When they're always passing messages, they, they, they bring a bone from the bully. They tell the poor child, they said, the bully so-and-so said he gonna beat you up after school, yeah. right? And then, they, they, they don't really have that child's interest at heart. They just want to see how the child is going to react. And, and if the child runs in fear, they, they get excited about that. If the child uh, puffs up enough braggadocious uh, energy to say, well, you tell that so-and-so, well, they get excited about that because that amps up the conflict. Either way, they don't care about the child. They just want to see some fireworks. You don't, you don't have anybody in your life like that, do you? <laughs> be careful with them. Because there's always going to be somebody, something that is going to try to make you make decisions in the quick of the moment. And so what I like about Jesus is Jesus is basically giving us a peek into his, his outlook calendar. Jesus says, you go tell him, I'm going to keep on ministering in essence. I'm going to keep on serving. I'm going to keep on healing. I'm going to keep on driving out demons. Today? Oh, let me check. Oh, yeah, tomorrow? Hang on. Oh, yeah, the next day too. Jesus says, I'm going to keep doing what I've been sent to do, and basically ain't fixing to go nowhere. Mm. And I would suggest to you the reason Jesus could do that so clearly is because Jesus was fixed on the future. Because here's a clue. He says, and on the third day, my work will be finished. Oh, they couldn't get it. Because in, in their scope, they, would, they could only think of the physical. But Jesus now had transferred from the, what he was doing in the present to begin to think about what was about to take place. And he understood he was going to have to go through some stuff. But on the third day, oh God, whew, his work would be done. 
My task today is to get somebody who will begin to make your critical decisions not based on the immediate stuff, but because you trust God and God has laid out for you that God has got your back. You may not see everything that's coming. You may not know how it's going to come. You may not know how God is going to do what God is going to do. But because you trust God, you declare, I'm not going to make decisions based on the moment, but on the future. Here, here's, here's a question. I don't, don't, don't raise your hand. But I bet you there's somebody here who says, you know what? If I had made certain decisions based on the future and not the immediate, I might still be employed by such and such and such. Or I might have not missed an opportunity. But here's the thing, we can't go backwards. We, we, we can't go back, so let's let that go. But I want somebody to be today to be able to leave from here and say, I am going to trust that I know that God has my future, and so I'm going to make decisions that are critical based on the future, not right now. Listen, if somebody uh, had come and said to most of us, I get it, I get it. Listen, um, Herod wants to kill you. Let's transpose that for a moment. Uh, the, the, the FBI has got a hit on you. The CIA is after you. Do you not know most of us would be like, okay, I'm good, uh, peace, I'll see you. No, cancel Bible study, I'm good, man. No, sorry, right? Because we make those decisions in the moment based on our flesh. And our flesh gets jittery and nervous. I mean, some of us, man, in our flesh, you know, and I'm just saying this, I'm in this number two. Yes, somebody said, boo! And we, oh, oh, God. But I'm looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, and he's like, I'm not having it. I'm not, I'm not playing that game with you. I'm not, I'm not adjusting my mission uh, because there's a threat. This is how I knew Jesus was a boss. In the Gospel of Luke, fourth chapter, he's in the temple. He sits down to read. He reads from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he says, this day, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What really ticked them off is that he raised up this dichotomy of some people um, who were, quote unquote, the churchy folk, the, the righteous folk, the, the religious folk, were not going to get blessed over and against some people who were just seeking after God and hungry for what God had. And do you know that ticked them off so much? The Bible says, that they rushed him out of the temple. They began pushing him and rushing him towards a cliff, and their intent was to throw him off the cliff headlong. Here's the text that I love. But he went through them and went on his way. <laughs> so I said Jesus is a boss because he understands, okay, I'm going to have to die, but today ain't today. 
<laughs> Jesus. I got to go through some stuff, but it's not in their hands. It's in God's hands. Oh, God, that's liberating. That is so liberating. When you understand, listen, her life is not going to be a bed of roses, and I know nobody in here thinks that just because I'm in the body of Christ, I'm in the church, I've given the Lord my life, that my life is always going to be easy, that I will never have any struggles. That's not the, that's not the truth of the teachings of the Word of God. But what we do understand is in the Word of God, if you are in God's hands, oh God, then, 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 then whatever folks have set up for you, whatever evil comes against you, whatever is to take you out, is not in control. God is in control. In fact, that helps me move to my first point because I want you to leave here with some clear understanding, at least in light of what Jesus was focused on. In the, wait, 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 hold up, before I get there, full stop. <laughs> I need you to see this piece because it might be a little confusing where he talks about no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. And what he's really referring to is that Jerusalem is a place where some pretty awful stuff happened to the prophets, and prophets were stoned, and prophets were killed, and he also had to know that even later after him, one of the disciples, Stephen, was going to be stoned there. But now hear his response. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I, I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks. Now, I need you to hear the tenderness in this because even after he understands clearly that Herod wants to kill him, he understands it in the context of all of those who really wish him no good, he still refers to the text in the Bible where it says, I would have gathered you, even though I know y'all ain't good to the prophets, I would have gathered you. Even though I know that you want to kill me, I would have gathered you anyhow. I need somebody because one of the things that happens to us is that the enemy of our soul wants to use our experiences to make us bitter. Listen, everybody doesn't mean you good. Everybody is not on your team. Everybody is, does not have your best interests at heart. But sometimes even those in the, no, not even, especially those in the body of Christ, we can be ineffective as God's disciples because we spend too much time being mad and bitter over what people have done. And sometimes, I know not in here, but I'm just saying in some churches, we can be sitting in church and miss the word because we mad at somebody. And Jesus says, mm -mm. I know y'all, I know how you act. But I still would have gathered you with the loving and the caring and the tenderness that a hen has for 
her wings, or her, her hands. Okay, so here we go. What do we do? What do we take away from this with Jesus? I think the thing is, two, there's two things. First of all, Jesus is focused on the crucifixion. Now, I know that sounds a little bit gruesome, and I know you think, well, golly, I'm glad I'm not Jesus, because if I knew that was certain, I'd be trying to go another way. In fact, if I was in the Garden of Gethsemane, I'd be like, look, Lord, uh, <laughs> yo, dude, we, we got to do something else, right? But I need you to look at it in the context of what it is. It is his mission to die that we might have life. But I need you also to understand, as I said a few minutes ago, he was very clear that God is in charge and not people. And, 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 and so, so, the, so the reason I believe he could, he could hold fast to what was in his future is because he knew it was ordained of God. He knew for this reason I was sent. And, 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 and once, he, once he was very clear with that, it didn't matter what people said. They couldn't threaten him enough. They couldn't, they couldn't throw enough uh, a, a junk at him to get him off his course because he knew in the end God is in control. I need somebody to be clear. No matter what happens, no matter what fa trials you face, God is in control. And, and, and Jesus was not just focused on the what. He knew the what. He said the Son of Man must be killed. He knew the what. But he was also focused on something else. He was focused on the why. so that in him you and I might have eternal life. Can I get somebody, when you're getting into trouble and difficulty and people are coming against you and it seems like the closer you get to God's purpose in your life, the more opposition you face. And it seems like the more you try to develop your prayer life, it looks like there's more reasons to pray. The more you start trying to read your word, it looks like there's more distractions that come in your way. You ain't never got so many text messages and phone calls and, and DMs in your life till you started trying to put your focus on God. But Jesus understood not just the what, he knew the why. He knew there was a greater purpose to everything that he was going to go through. He understood that God had a purpose and that he was the sacrificial lamb to take away the sins of the world. I need somebody to be clear that you are on this earth not just for yourself, but God has you here for a purpose and God will keep God's word and bring you through. Oh, God, he that begun, oh, God, a good work, great work in you. What's he going to do? He's going to see it through, oh, God, unto completion. So Jesus makes this bold statement because he understood that the Crucifixion was in his future, but through it, God would work God's power and purpose through his life. He was clear on the why. Next thing I need to tell you, not only the crucifixion,
but he looked past the crucifixion. Here you go, that third day thing, and he saw the resurrection. Oh, God. He looked past the pain and began to see how God is going to bring out God's purpose. And he saw the resurrection. Now, I need to put it in our context very clearly and help us to see that when God is doing stuff in our lives, oh, here we go. Uh, you, you, you can spend a lot of time going, why, Lord? I've been a pastor long enough to know that the first response, both in my own life sometimes and in the lives of others, have been, the, why? Why me? What did I do wrong? And we, we whine to God. It's like, you want some cheese to go with that wine? You know what I'm saying? We, we do that. But I want to challenge somebody to begin to look not only at what is coming, what you are going through, but begin to look by faith into what God is going to bring out of it. And when Jesus looked past the crucifixion, I believe he just was clear, I can go through the crucifixion because I also know God is bringing about a resurrection. Now when God has Jesus resurrected from the grave, uh, there, there is a transformation that takes place. His body is transformed. How you know that? Well, when, when, when when they got there and rolled the stone away, or saw the stone rolled away, I should say, uh, Jesus didn't come walking out then. Jesus was already out. So there was something transformed about his body that the molecular structure of the rock tomb could not hold his molecular structure in, and he could get out. He didn't need them to roll the stone away for him to get out. They rolled the stone away so that the others could look in and declare, oh, he's gone. Oh, y'all not convinced. <laughs> Listen, that John says, in the evening, on the, on the first day of the week, where the disciples were in the room locked up for fear of the Jews, it says, then came Jesus and stood amongst them. Texans say he fiddled, fiddled with any locks. He didn't climb in through no window. He was just there. Hmm. And what I'm saying to you is that even Jesus was transformed by the experience. Listen here. When you go through something, it's a waste of time if you're not transformed. When you're catching hell, hell, can I say that? When you're catching hell and you're not transformed by the experience, you're not made better, you're not strengthened, you're not encouraged, you don't have a new outlook, you don't have a better posture to wise being able to heal and forgive others than you did going in, Thank you. then it's just been a waste of time. I need you to be clear when you get challenged, when you come up with, against difficulties, when you find yourself going through it, 
Don't just spend, ask, don't just spend time asking God why. Move from that prayer to begin saying, God, what are you doing? What is your purpose? And how should I respond? I'm just going to talk about me. I have spent time wondering when things went sideways, well, what did I do wrong? Well, who, who did I tick off? What did I, what, 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 what's my problem? What's, God, why are you doing this to me? You don't love me no more? What's going on? And as you mature, hallelujah, I want to encourage somebody to begin to ask less of that I know that's part of the flesh, but let's get to a place where we say, God, what's, what's happening? What are you doing? How am I going to come out of this? Huh? How am I going to be better as a result of this? How will you get glory out of my life? Because I've been through this. We sometimes sing in our church, please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Ah, oh, we say, but when God gets through with me, uh, I shall come forth as pure gold. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love, I love the illustration of how does the silversmith understand when the silver is pure? For he's put the silver in the fire and the impurities of the silver come to the top and they're able to take the impurities off uh, and the answer to how the silversmith knows that the silver is ready is because the silversmith can see his own reflection in the silver. Is there anybody here that wants God to be reflected in your life and get the glory? Hey, hallelujah. 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 I need to get somebody to the place of getting to see not just what's coming, what you're going through, but see what's after. I need somebody to be able to, even while you're falling down, still see yourself getting back up. I need somebody to be able to see uh, what's coming after. Uh, the disappointment and see God's determination to bring you through. I need somebody right now to be able to say, God, I may not understand how you're working every day and what's going on and sometimes I'm so busy questioning you, but I need somebody to be able to see uh, that God is able to do something exceeding and abundantly above all you can ask or imagine, hallelujah, according to the power that's at work in us. So when you get ready to leave here, you're gonna be tempted to make some critical decisions based on what, what's happening in the moment, based on what they said. But let me declare that Herod is not in control. Uh, your haters are not in control. Uh, those folk that are jealous of you are not in control. Those people that don't like you and don't know why are not in control. Those people that sense an anointing, but they don't even know how to spell anointing, are not in control. God that is in control. Hey, hallelujah.
God, head up. Bless his name. So in this place right now, I don't want to move forward without having a few moments for us to stop and think about if I have, if you have, a relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that has made him Lord and master of your life. I want to make sure that we are clear that before you go from here, you know that I'm a child of the king. I don't want anybody to leave because that's how this whole thing works. We, we're following Jesus. We are disciples of Jesus. So we need to get that straight first so that we can move out with the attitude that Jesus had and put the future in control because God is in control of the future. So here today, I would just need to raise the question if there's anybody present who has not put the Lord Jesus in charge. If you've not made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life. You can remain where you are, but I'm going to ask you to lift your hands because this is not a thing that we can keep secret. God knows the secrets of our hearts and it comes into our heart. But when we make that decision, it's good to let somebody know. Hallelujah. If you're here today or if you are watching online and have not communicated in this in a prayer somehow, Lord, come into my life. I want to lead you in a prayer of faith. Are you ready? Anybody can pray it. Amen. And I found out I can pray it more than once because the second time or third time doesn't negate, negate the first time. Amen. Oh, praise God. And the prayer goes like this. Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. How are we doing good? I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ died on my behalf in order to cleanse me from my sins. I believe that Jesus arose from the grave to give me new life in him. God, you said in the Bible, whoever calls on your name shall be saved. So I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart, save me, and make me God's child. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer maybe the first time and you're online, I know there's a way for you to put something in the chat to let somebody know. Shout it out. Amen. I know the wonderful people of PT will be not only excited to welcome you into the kingdom of God, but also to give you a place where you can grow and mature in the faith. Let me just pause because while we prayed that prayer, there might be somebody in here for whom this message has spoken and, and God has kind of pointed out to you while you were listening, you know what, you, you could do better 
at putting your future self in charge. Yeah. You, 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 you can do better in putting away the sodas and picking up some kale. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and I want to just have a moment of prayer. And if you don't mind, if, if, you, if you don't mind to just stay where, stay where you are, but stand at your pews while we enter into this prayer. And maybe your prayer is for yourself, like they tell us on the plane, please put the oxygen mask on first before assisting others. <laughs> but maybe you also know someone in your close circle, your, your family, someone who's a close friend, and you've watched them over and over again make critical decisions based on a whim, based on the limited data that's available at the time. Oh, God. And so I'm going to ask you, if you would just, while you're standing, if you would pray for yourself, but you also pray for that person or those persons whom you have in mind, that God would help them. And if they don't know Jesus, if they, they don't have a church home, if they don't have a place of fellowship, that God would lead them to a place where they can begin to come and to know Jesus and mature in the faith and maybe, huh, not maybe, God will deliver them from that cycle of making critical decisions on the moment based on the limited information. Come on, let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and praise you for this time together. I thank and praise you for those who are in this sanctuary. I thank and praise you, God, for your transforming power to do, God, what we cannot do ourselves, God. Some of us have listened to some teachers, but we still can't break the cycle. Some of us have turned to some gurus and time management, but we still can't break the cycle of making those critical decisions. But God, we come today to declare that Jesus has given us the blueprint that no matter what happens, no matter who's threatening, no matter who gets joy from seeing us running to and fro, we're not going to play that game because, God, we know that they are not the ones in charge, God. You, God, alone are in control. You are sovereign and above, God, everything that is upon this earth. And the devices and tricks of men and women cannot be successful when your children put their trust in you. God, help us today to look beyond the immediate threat, the immediate enticements, the immediate stuff that draws our attention, the immediate trinkets that have been dangled in front of us to get us off our mission and our purpose. God, we declare we are not fooled. We are not distracted. We are not going to take our eye off the prize. We are going to press forward in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. God, we just want to be honest and say to you, God, there's so many times we look back, we realize we have made some decisions in the moment, not with our future self in control or even in mind. But God, thank you for your grace. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. God, thank you for your amazing grace. 
that we're still here. That even when we went left and when we should have went gone right, God, <laughs> you still found a way to get us back on track. Jesus. So God, in this place, we want to we wanna make more correct decisions than we do bad ones. So God, in this moment, please give us the strength. Please speak to us. God, we pray, God, that your Holy Spirit just manifests in our flesh right now so that our spirit man, our spirit woman is more in control looking toward the future than our flesh that is only looking to white right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody, God, right now is just being restored and renewed because they heard you say it is possible. Somebody right now is sensing a repairing going on in their lives uh, because they thought you gave up on them. But God, I believe they heard you say today that, that, that you are not through with them yet. <laughs> Somebody's been listening to the enemy all week talking about you ain't this and you ain't that. You don't measure up. You can't do this. God does not care. Listen, the devil is a liar. The truth is not in him. God, we stand upon the truth of your word. Hallelujah. Come, Lord. Guide our feet <laughs> while we run this race. Because we don't want this race to be in vain. Renew our spirit, God. Renew our hope, God. Renew our mindset so that we continue to look up so that we can see your salvation. We can see your plan and purpose working itself out in our lives. And then our response will be yes and amen. Somebody say yes. yes. Somebody say amen. amen. Say yes, yes. and amen. amen. One more time. Say yes. yes. Amen. amen. Come on, give God some praise in this house. Hey family, thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.